Joy is your compass. Jesus is your destination. Jesus is your destination. Well, usually I come up here and I say somebody is celebrating today. You know, if you don't know me, I love to celebrate. I celebrate all, pretty much all holidays. But I got to tell you, today's national holidays were pretty boring. <laughs> I really had a hard time trying to get excited about National Pluto Day. <laughs> And National Battery Day. And National Crab Stuffed Flounder Day. So I decided to make my own. So I declare today, February 18th at CNC Wycliffe, from now on is National Dark Chocolate Day because I love dark chocolate. So much that I bought a bag of it and you all can have a piece when you leave today. Do we have our um, declaration up there? Tim, if you could put that up. We always want to declare the word of the Lord over our lives. Amen. I walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in all respects. I bear fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Colossians 1.10. Amen. And then I have to count my blessings because we always have to count our blessings. We have to be intentional to count your blessings. Well, this week was Valentine's Day. And again, y'all know I like to celebrate. But Valentine's Day is very special to me because that is the day that Pastor Marlon proposed. Aw, right? He, he almost ruined it because who, who, who decides the morning of Valentine's Day to be the proposal day and not have a reservation to the restaurant that you want to propose at. <laughs> Only him. <laughs> so it's like not having any room at the inn. Knock, knock, knock. Restaurant says, no, sorry. All right, we drive along down to the next restaurant. Knock, knock, knock. No, it's Valentine's Day. It's 7 o'clock. What are you thinking? <laughs> the third time, and I'm sitting in a car this whole time, the third time he walks in and they say no, and Pastor Marlon opens up the ring and says, please. This has got to happen today. <laughs> and it did, and it was wonderful. I will say the funny part for me was, you know, obviously I'm a little annoyed already, right? Because he's late, he doesn't have a reservation, all that fun stuff. But at the end of dinner, and it was a long night because it's, they're busy. At the end of dinner, you know, we're waiting on dessert, and he had gotten up a couple of times because um, he was making arrangements that I, I had no clue whatsoever, guys. And... I, they're taking so long for the dessert. I'm, I look at him I'm like, I'm just ready to go. Like, I'm just tired. I want to go. And there was this man over to the side with his phone, and he's like staring at me. And I'm looking at him. I said, Marlon, there's this weirdo. There's this crazy man over there. Like, he's got his phone. I think he's recording us. Well, he gave him his phone to record the proposal, but yet the guy never turned on video and didn't get any of it. <laughs> Thank goodness for this sweet uh, couple that was just sitting there and happened to witness it. At least send me a couple pictures. You know, she took a couple pictures, so we have some of the pictures of it. So Valentine's Day is very special to me. <laughs> all right, I'm not, right, not going to waste any more time. I have a video. Are you all ready to see a fun video? Yes. If you want to laugh, you can. Go ahead, Tim. They give me my money. No. Man. I said no. No, I want my money. I saved I a said no. Time, but I'm not money. get out of here. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you went and did it. <laughs> <laughs> I might need that money tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm 
one I ever had, son. Oh, it's the worst one. This is a big one. I'm dying. You hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. Oh. Maybe that's Elizabeth. Okay, be honest. Raise your hand if you have no idea who that is or what that show is. Okay, there's a couple. Okay. I, I gotta admit, like, I never really, I never watched it growing up, but my dad watched it all the time. And it never failed. Like, every time I walk into the room, that's what was happening. Every time. Like, I didn't know what the rest of the episodes are about because I only saw Fred having a heart attack. Or... Fred having a heart condition that he wanted everybody to think he had. So it made me think of that when I was hearing the Lord talk about heart condition. I thought, heart condition, like, what, what do I think of when I hear heart condition? And, you know, I, I initially think of a negative. Um, it's a weakness of the heart, um, some admirality of the heart. And often, the person who has a heart condition um, would have to adjust their life around their condition, right? They have to make some changes, change some habits based on the condition of their heart. So if, uh, you know, say you're not feeling well and you go to the doctors and the doctor does blood work and he says, oh, you have high cholesterol, you know, you have high blood pressure, but it's not that bad right now. So before it becomes a heart condition, let's, let's watch it, change some habits, watch what you're eating and, and I'll see you in six months. Then you come back and the doctor says, well, now it's, it's worse. So now I'm gonna have to give you some medication because you, 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 know, you weren't watching what you were eating, you weren't changing any habits. So now you have to take medication every day um, and then come back in a year. And you come back in a year and now he says, oh my goodness, it's too far, you're too far gone now and now you need heart surgery. But had you just listened to step one and watched your heart, guarded your heart, and change those habits like I told you, you wouldn't be facing life-death surgery. So we have a heart condition. Now sometimes, especially if you're younger, you'd go to the doctors, and the doctor would say, well, you have a healthy heart. Now. But the habits you have are not good. And if you don't make changes now while it's healthy, it won't be long before you will be needing a heart transplant. When my son was 18, getting ready to go off to college, he, he, was, he was so skinny. Like he was, you know, 6'2", and I mean, you could just see his ribs. He was just so skinny. And I mean, he, he would eat, he just didn't eat much, but he would eat like literally once a day, but it would be bad, you know, bad. His diet, hot dogs, pizza, chicken nuggets, and pop. That was it. And I pay attention to what my kids eat. Ask Braxton, you know, no different today than it was back then when my kids were little. And uh, I just, I, I don't deprive them of anything, but eat something good first before you eat the cookies. Well, you can eat whatever, you, anything that's in his house, you can eat, but just eat something good first. So now I'm like, oh man, this boy's going off to college. I know what he's going to be eating and drinking. And it is not going to be anything good. So I asked, and I was like, Bobby, can you just go get, go get a physical and blood work for mom? Just, just make, give me some peace before you go. And he said, okay. And if it's good, 
leave me be, and I'm eating all of the pizza and hot dogs I want. I said, okay, but if it's not, you change some habits. Deal. We had a deal. Don't you know that Nasty's blood work came back perfect? <laughs> because he was 18. But now at 33, those habits have caught up with him. And it's not so healthy anymore. And he has to make some adjustments and take some medicine because of those bad habits. We have, you and I have a heart condition. What is the condition of your heart? And now I'm shifting to your spiritual heart. You and I are fully responsible for the condition of our hearts. We are fully responsible to maintain a healthy heart. And the first way to do that, the Bible says, is to guard your heart. Guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. That is some serious stuff right there from King Solomon. He says guard your heart above all else. Above all else. Why? He even tells you why. Because it determines the course of your life. Mm -hmm. King Solomon was the wisest man ever to this day because he asked God for wisdom. God said, what, do you, what, what can I do for you, Solomon? What can I do for you, my son? Anything you want. He didn't ask for fame. He didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for notoriety. He, he didn't ask for any of those things. He just said, I just need your wisdom. I need your wisdom. And then he wrote the book of Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom. But you know, even the wisest man, he is still a man, even the wisest man to ever live learned the hard way by not guarding his heart. Everything we do in life is determined in the heart. We are responsible to guard it, to protect it, to care for it. We can start that by doing wellness checks on our heart. Have you ever, do we, do we stop to ask God to check our hearts? To do a wellness. How's my heart doing today? Like, we do that in the, in the physical, in the natural. Like, actually, not too long ago, just a couple of weeks ago, I, I needed a, um, a prescription refilled. Nothing crazy. You know, it's the same old thing every day. And I call my doctor for a refill, and he says, no, you have to come in. I said, why? I don't have time for this. Just refill it. He's like, no, you have to come in. I'm like, you, do you know how much blood work I did last summer when I was, yeah, had cancer? I was like, come on, you can just look at all that stuff. It hasn't even been a year. No, you have to come in. And he's a great doctor. So I come in, and he says, Michelle, your insurance covers, free of charge, a yearly wellness check. Because they don't want to have to pay out if you get sick and have an illness. So they want you to be healthy. So that's a free wellness check is why I made you come in, because it's a win-win for everybody. We are responsible to care for our hearts. Our hearts are filled with our feelings and beliefs, which strongly influence the way that we live our life, right? So what do you believe? What do you believe? Romans 10.10 says, out of the heart, man believes. So your heart is going to tell on you. And if you waver, 
if you waver in, in your belief in the word of God, man, oh, the devil will come strong. He will come left and right at you. He looks for one who is not strong. He looks for one who wavers. He looks for one who is easily tipped and not firm on what they believe. What do you believe? Proverbs 4.20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to their flesh. God's word says that it is life to those that find them. To your flesh. He's not just talking about your spiritual life. He's talking about your physical life too. What do you believe? Because your beliefs will display your attitudes. Your beliefs will display your attitudes. And God should be influencing every area of our lives. Every area of our lives. But our little problem comes when challenges come. Because when challenges come, we want to we wanna blame the devil and run. Do you know that the calling of God on your life is very challenging? That's right. That's right. Think about that for a second. When challenges come, we want to blame and run. But the calling of God on our lives is challenging. There's a story in the Bible of um, Elijah, the prophet, mighty prophet of God. And, And the children of God, Israel, had turned their back on God. And they were, you know, they turned their back and they're worshiping this false God called Baal. So God used Elijah to challenge the false prophets. So you've got Elijah up against 450 false, false prophets. And he said, I tell you what, you go get two bulls, you cut them up, separate them, we'll put them on our altars, and whosoever God comes down and consumes the sacrifice, that's the real God. And they're like, that's cool, there's 450 of us praying, there's only one of you, let's do it. So he, they, he lets them go first, you go ahead, go first. So they pray, and they're praying to Baal, come, 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 consume. Nothing. I mean, they went a long time. Elijah was like, man, I'm getting tired. And then finally it was his turn, and he prayed to God. He said, God, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I am your vessel. Show yourself today. And don't you know, Father God came down and consumed that sacrifice. And all of Israel came back to the Lord. And then Elijah, um, he, he executed all 450 of the false prophets. That's a pretty cool story about the power of God, right? Demonstrated through a willing vessel. Don't you know the very next sentence? When Queen Jezebel heard about what he did to her false prophets, she said, somebody go tell Elijah that I'm out for him, and I'm coming for him, and I am going to kill him. He got so scared that he ran. He got so scared that he ran, and he hid in a cave. And it was in the cave where God came and met him. And he said, Elijah, what are you doing in here? 
what are you doing in this cave? And Elijah said, God, you, don't you know you see her? She's out to get me. She's going to kill me. Help me. And God says this. He says, get up and go back. Get up and go back. And this is the part I don't want you to miss. Because see, Elijah, God's saying, Elijah, your calling isn't found in a cave. The plans I have for you cannot be done hiding in a cave. See, you want me to protect you from the enemy you think you're running from, but the conflict's not the enemy. The isolation you're running to is the enemy. The calling of God on your life is not found on the couch. You cannot fulfill the plans God has from you sitting on the couch. And you want him to defend you from the enemy. But the conflict is not the enemy. The isolation you're going to is the enemy. Guard your heart. If you can correct something in an attitude form, you can prevent bad behavior. If we could ask God and receive his correction in the attitude, we'll prevent the wrong behavior. Do you know somebody can be so physically fit on the outside, but still die at a young age because of a bad heart? often because we put more emphasis on protecting the external than the internal. Do y'all have phones? Everybody got a phone? Mm -hmm. Everybody got a case on their phone? Yeah. Because we don't want that phone to drop. That phone drops, it's it's gone. And now you gotta go buy a new phone. And they're expensive. But you can't buy a new heart. We buy insurance for our cars, we buy insurance for our houses, but we have no storehouse of scripture to defend and protect our hearts. We are responsible to guard our hearts. It is the most important vessel that God has given us because in it contains the plans that he has for you. And not just ourselves, but we are responsible to guard the hearts of our children. Amen. And that means Amen. any child that is in your care. That means downstairs right now, they are, they are protecting the hearts of our children as they teach them the word of God. Yeah. We are responsible to protect their hearts. Amen. As I continue to pick on my son today, he, he, when he was a teenager, he didn't want to go to church. By the time he had teenage years, he... He just didn't want to go to church. He would fight every Sunday. It was to where I woke up, and I was making him go no matter what, because that's just who I am. But I knew. I was like, oh, my goodness, it's going to be another fight. But he was going to church, and, and, and he would give me an attitude, he, not, not verbally disrespectful, but, like, you know, he'd give me the cold shoulder. He'd not talk to me. And then he'd say, it's not fair that you make me go to church. I would never do that to my kids. I'll never do that to my kids. I'm never making them go to church. And I just said, I don't answer to you. I answer to God. And the righteousness of God is the standard of God. 
The righteousness of God is the standard of God. When we act right based on God's truth, we guard our hearts. When we act right based on God's truth, you guard the heart of your children. Now I will say, my son is now 33 years old. And last summer, my grown kids, they gave me the coolest gift. This is, I turned 50 last year, so it's 50 things we love about mom. And they all like, it, it, like, it starts off with a little sentence in here, and then you, you know, the, the kid fills in the blank. And this is the same son who, yeah, who's not in church, but was when he was a teenager. This was, this, was one of, this was one of Bobby's. He said, if I had to describe you, Mom, in one word, it would be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. He's like, I respect. He's like, I respect your consistency. I respect you standing on what you believed. He goes, I, I respect that. Yeah. I got to say, this is the same one who said, God bless him. He said, this is not true. He said, sometimes your ability to blank amazes me. He said, sometimes your ability to deal with people you don't like amazes me. I like everybody. I like everybody. Protect your heart. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. As he thinks in his heart, so he is. Your, your life will go in the direction of your most prominent thoughts. Yeah. So stop having conversations with fear. Stop having conversations with anxiety and worry. Stop allowing them a seat at your banquet table that God made for you. You are blessed. We are not under the curse. We are under blessings. We have a say-so of who is permitted to our table, Amen. who we choose to have a conversation with. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Jesus said, or, or Apostle Paul said, whatsoever things that are true, lovely, honest, just, pure, good report. In case you didn't know, those are the thoughts of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It makes no sense to me that some people will put so much work into eating so healthy. Hear me out. They put so much work into being so physically healthy, but not guard their heart, and they hate the very life they're trying to live long for. That makes no sense to me. Because we have to guard our hearts. Guard your heart, and then you may have to change some habits. What are your habits? Because your habits create the condition of your heart. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, he said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's pretty cool, because I want to see God. And then in 1 Timothy 1.5, Paul said, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, clear conscience, and genuine faith. So a pure heart is a healthy heart. A pure heart has no evil intent. A pure heart is honest and sincere. 
But sometimes we want to say some little white lies. We all do. Same here, right? Not always honest. I mean, right now, if you could just think to yourself, don't say it out loud. Who do you lie to the most? Now, we already know that boy over there is going to say parents. Every kid will. Right? Married people probably would say their spouse or maybe their boss. But the truth is, that's not true. Because who we lie to the most is ourselves. Who we lie to the most is ourselves. Because we say things like, uh, I, I can stop at any time. Right. No, you can't. I'm fine. Nothing's wrong. No, you're not. I don't care what they think. Yes, you do. I want to give you one habit, one positive habit that will change your life. Self-examination. The habit of self-examination to give a true and honest look at yourself, and then you have to give God permission to reveal the truth. Psalm 139, 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. This was King David, and do you know he was the master at self-deception? He was a a man after God's heart, but yet deceived himself when he should have went to war and stayed home. I I wonder how he convinced himself that that was the right thing to do. What kind of lie he told himself to stay home. Like, I don't need to go to war today. I've killed enough. I'm the, I am the king, so I really don't have to obey my own law. And then he commits adultery. Bathsheba gets pregnant. So now he has to lie again to himself. Well, now I have to cover it up because I have to protect my family. And, and maybe even go a step further. And he might have told himself, well, I have to protect the kingdom of God. Self-deception. And do you know, he never even repented until the prophet called him out on it. Until God revealed his sin. Church, we don't want to get to that. You don't want to get to that. You don't want to wait. Don't, don't wait until God has to call you out on it. Self-examination. Search my heart, God. Search my heart and know my every thought, my, ev- my anxiety, my fears, my sin, my deception. Last summer, I did a lot of searching my heart. Like, I ask God all the time my whole life, you know, to, to search my heart. But sometimes I don't wait for the answer. Sometimes I don't, I should say, I don't look for it. You know, we, I say it. And I mean it, but I'm not, I'm not waiting for the revelation. But of course, last summer, I did. Last summer, you know, when I, when I, when I had cancer, I was like, God, I need you to search my heart. I want you to reveal to me what is not aligning with you. I want you to reveal to me any anxiety. I want you to reveal to me any lies. I want you to reveal to me anything that I'm holding on to, that I'm controlling, that I should be given up. And when you are sincere, it doesn't take long. 
he's not going to withhold from a sincere heart. He's not going to make it to where you have to play hide and seek to find it either. He will, he will reveal himself to those that are faithful. And you, you might remember a couple of weeks ago, you know, I shared how God is really, he is really, I've come a long way in some areas. Remember my car? When Pastor Marlon spilled coffee all over my car? I didn't even get upset. I smiled. And he said, who are you? And I said, remember, Jesus has healed my heart. I'm not this clean freak anymore all the time. Like, I'm not going to get anxious about it. We're going to be okay. We're just going to clean it when we get to where we're going. And another area I had to um, work on was the, the anxiety and control over money, the finances. You know, when there was no money in account, I would get really anxious and I would be afraid. And God's like, why do you put so much trust in the numbers and not in me? And Marlon is so good. He's so good at re- just pointing those out to me saying, man, babe, you have grown so much. Like, you don't have this, these, this control or this anxiety in areas that you used to. You're just so free. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> right, Brax? I'm good now. Braxton, I'm really good now. Right? Right? <laughs> Search my heart, God, and then give him permission to reveal to you what he sees. And then the next habit, the next habit is laughter does good like medicine. That scripture, do you know that? A merry heart does good like medicine. You, if you need to be intentional to be joy-filled, then be intentional to be joy-filled. If you need to be intentional to, uh, to laugh, then do something that makes you laugh. Like, I mean, I live with a comedian now, so it's pretty easy. But I still always, like, I have, I have these um, jokes emailed to me every day. Like, these corny jokes emailed me to me every day. And I'll just, like, randomly be like, Marlon, I got one for you. If I can read my own hand right here. Okay. Why won't the skeletons fight each other? Because they don't have any guts. See? It makes you, it just makes you chuckle. Why are frogs always so happy? Because they eat whatever bugs them. (laughs) Every day. You have to be intentional. A merry heart that is good like medicine and self-examinations. Ask God to search your heart. Amen? Amen. Third is healing. There are consequences of unresolved hurt. We have to face our hurts, and we have to give them to God. We can't stay broken. We we can't permit our hearts to stay broken. Because when your heart is broken, you won't receive love. When your heart is broken... You can't give love. In our house, in our marriage, Marlon and I made an agreement a couple of years ago. We said, you have 24 hours. We have 24 hours to bring up a hurt. And if you don't, 
then you have to let it go. You can't just say you let it go. You have to act like you let it go. Because it's not healthy. That's not a healthy heart to hold on to unresolved pain and unresolved hurt. I mean, and in, when we first put that into play, it was a little hard because, you know, when you isolate, that's not healthy. When you cold shoulder, that's not healthy. And I remember those first couple of months, you know, when something would get on. It was him first, actually. And it was like the end of day two, and I was like, hey, you've been walking around here with an attitude for two days. You only get one day. You either talk about it or we got to move on. And he was like, fine. But now it's easy. You have to guard your heart. You have to create those habits of self-examination and laugh. And then you have to allow God to heal your heart when you need it. If you guys want to come up and play, because I know God wants to minister. He's not done ministering. When you hold on to hurt, you, you won't be right with God. In, in fact, you might, you might miss him altogether. There's a story in the Bible where after Jesus rose from the dead, two of his followers were walking along the road, and it says that they were mourning. They were sorrowful. They were hurting because Jesus was gone. His body wasn't there. They were blinded so much by their hurt and disappointment that Jesus came and walked beside them. They didn't even know it. He came up to them and he said, what are you guys talking about? And Cleopas said, are you the only person in all of Jerusalem who doesn't know what's gone on? What has happened these past few weeks? You don't know about Jesus of Nazareth? How they, how they hung him on a cross, how they crucified him, and we can't, we don't even know where they put his body. He's telling Jesus about Jesus. That's how blinded by his disappointment and hurt he was. He's telling Jesus about Jesus. And in the story, I noticed that they weren't even going in the right direction. Because the Bible said that the fellowship of believers was found in Jerusalem, yet it also says they were leaving Jerusalem. If you stay planted in that hurt, you will likely miss Jesus. You will likely withdraw from the strength of your fellow believers and go into isolation. We have to bring God our hurts. Because if we don't know how to navigate the hurt, we end up crippled. Psalms 34:18 says, "The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. God can handle your broken heart. There, there's a, a medical procedure called an internal cardiac massage. That is where the, the doctor, in a last attempt to save your life, will go in, take the heart out, and massage it. They did that to Princess Diana. And it, and it, and it, 
save her. But I promise you, with God, he has a 100% success rate. When you give him your heart, because the only heart he can't heal is the one that won't open for him, that won't open to him. We see where God did a deep tissue massage on Elijah, right? In that story, like Elijah's heart was knotted. He was angry. He was angry at God. Have you ever been angry at God? And what does God do? He still came and met him right there. Right there in his in his disappointment. Right there in his anger. Right there in his anxiety and fear. God met him right there and he just unknotted all of that and sent him on his way. Maybe you're like Mary. Where you you feel hopeless. Right? Where your heart feels like you are one heartbeat away from flatlining. And you need him now. You need that miracle now, God. Like just like Mary, I, I can't imagine that kind of pain to give birth to your child and to watch him grow up and to be at the foot of the cross when they killed him. To follow him all along into that point. See her sitting there with her heart shredded in pieces. But God didn't leave her there. Before Jesus took his last breath, he looked at her and said, Mother, John will be your son now. Because John's my beloved. John has my love. God will give you that miracle you need. God will heal that brokenness that you have if you bring it to him. book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. In the middle of the third one with Pastor Marlon. And when I looked back from a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago when I first did this book study, I looked back at these answers and I thought, oh my goodness, this is not who I am anymore. I thought, oh my goodness, this this book talks about walls. It talks about how they puts up, we put up walls in our life, you know, from bad things that, that things that happened to us that were so painful. And it says most of us never even get past the walls. We camp out at the walls. We take our hurt and we take a seat and can't get past it. And when I looked at that and I saw those walls, I thought, oh my goodness, I don't have those walls anymore. Because I was practicing this message for the past year. You don't have to have those walls anymore. You don't have to camp out at those walls of pain, those walls of hurt, those walls of brokenness. He is a good God. And he wants to heal your heart.
you to mark this day down and look back a year from now. You are going to birth the testimony. You had to birth the testimony. Surround yourself with the right people because the devil will come so hard at you because your heart is so open to God. It is so exposed to his presence right now. that God has for him. That generation, God wants you to know that he sees you. You've got to give him. Give him any hurts that you have. Give him any brokenness that you have. Give him any fears that you have. Give him any uncertainties. And remember that we don't know everything. We're not God.
you look like Jesus. We reflect Jesus. As I looked at you and I saw in your in your glasses, I literally saw the face of Jesus when I looked in your glasses. Hold on to him. Look in his eyes. Like you see him in your spirit. You physically see whoever Je- what Jesus looks like to you. than you see anything on TV, more than you see anything all around you, you see his face. He's got things he wants to show you. Jesus. I want to pray for those who have a heart condition today. At any one of those steps, the beginning you know in, in the natural you can sense when th- something's just a little off you can you're a little sluggish maybe it's the beginning you can sense that maybe you're in the middle where you know there's those habits that you have just not been able to change or maybe you're at that end where you need God to massage your heart right now could shut those doors for me please because I want to keep that this atmosphere if you need to go we're going to worship though and pray you're free to go but please go quietly out there because God's not done I if you could also um, our ushers will have the offering bags at the door today value your faithful giving you all have grown so much in in your servanthood to God in your faith in God In, in in every area we have seen the growth and we value and appreciate you for that so we bless it and bless you so as Kristen and Erica continue to pray Pastor Marlon and I I mean play Pastor Marlon and I will be up here because we want to pray